This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. everyone welcome to another episode of the auto repair marketing podcast i'm your host brian walker and kim is my co-host today and today we are here with brian and Brittany henry from independent auto and diesel in tennessee and they have a pretty amazing story that we're going to get to hear today before we get started i do want to thank our sponsors repair pal repair pal will bring your shop new clients through the world's largest auto repair website repairpal.com Find more at repairpal.com forward slash shops. Well, hey guys, it's great to have y'all here today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. So y'all have a, a really awesome story. I know Kim has been talking to y'all and it's just something that we wanted to, to kind of share with our, our mm. listener. And it's funny because it aligns a lot with ours. So I connected to it and I loved it, but it was great to meet you yesterday and yeah, learn all about it. And I was telling Brian, we're like, oh, we got to talk to them, let them tell their story. So <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you, you guys had a similar story because you can, you know, you know that feeling. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Life has throws lots of uh, crazy balls at us. So yeah, well, tell us, take us back, right? You're from Washington. You are not from Washington. Where did you tell me you're from? Uh, I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. And then when he went to UTI, when he went to UTI, I met him when I was still in high school and oh. <laughs> we're still together all these years later. <laughs> there you go. Well, yep. just graduating high school. <laughs> oh, graduating there. high school, yes. <laughs> I met her my graduation night and uh, I think you were just, uh, let's see, that was in March and sorry, you were graduating high school in May. So I was 19, she was 18. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. So not so much of rock in the cradle as Brian likes to That's say. Not, just want to clarify. Robbing the cradle. Robbing, whatever. You know, I always screw it up. I always, I always say the wrong phrase or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so tell us about that whole, you met, you were in Washington, you moved to Washington, now mm-hmm. you're in Tennessee. So just mm-hmm. kind of fill in the blanks. What happened? Yeah, I was born and raised in Washington State, grew up on a farm out there, rural community, real small town, loved it. Moved down to, I got to end up getting a scholarship to go to UTI. So I went to UTI. Uh, that's where I met her. After a few years in Phoenix area, I decided it was good to move back uh, to, to my small hometown. So uh, we moved back there, lived there for, what, 17 years or something? Anyway, worked my way kind of up and, and started working at Casey's Independent Auto Repair. Uh, as a technician there, uh, we kind of launched the diesel repair. I was a diesel specialist. I did everything automotive, but did a lot of light duty diesel repair. So kind of launched that, worked my way up through the leadership roles and whatnot, and was uh, the general manager at Casey's Independent Auto f- for a couple years there before we left. And I guess, well, just as a lot of people saw with uh, when you know COVID hit, the remote learning was kind of an eye opener to what mm-hmm. our kids were, uh, what they were being taught at school and just how badly it failed. My son at the time was dyslexic and was struggling already academically. Mm-hmm. And it was just a complete letdown as far as... Uh, the school system was doing for him. Brittany tried to homeschool for some time. I didn't try. I succeeded at homeschool. <laughs> wow. Yes. There you, was you definitely did. some hurdles, but uh, I learned a lot about just the whole school system in general, just because I had to take that role mm-hmm. on. So. so she did succeed, but it was challenging. I mean, anyone who's ever tried it knows that it can be challenging, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, 
my son is my son. He's stubborn. So, <laughs> and how old was he at that time? He was in third grade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a toddler at home too. My daughter mm-hmm. was you know, three years old. So I was homeschooling and, you know, having to <laughs> yeah. still do the mom roles for the toddler. And then, uh, my physical situation, I didn't have my brace. And so I wasn't able to walk. And so that also added, uh, another challenge to homeschooling. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, kind of left a part of that out. Uh, so in 2018, Brittany was in a head on collision with a drunk driver on Thanksgiving night. They had a lot of injuries, but, uh, thank God she was able to, uh, get this brace that allows her to walk. You know, it's a partial, technically a partial press prosthetic, but that was, that's a whole nother journey that we've been down. But anyway, so she was left fairly limited kind of led to why part of the reason why we started looking, you know, elsewhere for, further away when we started, right. when we knew it was right for our family to move. But back to the story, as far as the homeschooling. So we did look at, you know, some private schools once we realized that, you know, the homeschooling was just kind of creating more turmoil than mm-hmm. we really wanted in our family. A lot of the private schools were either long waiting list to get in, or a lot of times it had the same basic curriculum. principles as far as curriculum. Yeah. What they were teaching you know, so we started looking around other areas. We thought about, you know, maybe moving to Idaho or Montana, but with Brittany's injuries, the, the cold weather oh, right. uh, okay. and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Cause they get quite a bit colder than, uh, Southwest Washington. So we just started praying and Brittany told me for, I would say probably a year or close to a year, you know, she just kept getting called to Tennessee. I really did. Uh, and Small being things. that I was multi-generational there, you know, and that was my home and, you know, I was much more stubborn about it. I didn't want to leave. Yeah, our son was the fifth generation to attend the La Center mm-hmm. Elementary School. That a lot of his teachers were teachers that were there when I went there. Right. You know, and same thing when I was there. A lot mm-hmm. of teachers were my dad's teachers and, yeah. and whatnot. So, so yeah, we uh, we were praying about it. I, I started praying a lot. You know, just for the Lord to give me guidance. And one day, I mean, you guys know you've, yeah. you've had a similar. But one day, I just felt this peace, and I knew it was time to go. It's funny how that yeah. happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. we lived in, in North Carolina and mm-hmm. I had the same experience where I felt like God was clearly telling me you're, mm-hmm. you're moving back to Louisiana. And I would tell Kim and she's like, hey, you better go talk to him some more because <laughs> he is not telling because you he is not telling you we're going back to Louisiana. Yeah. And finally, one day I just had to like really confront her and say, look, I need you to pray about this. Mm-hmm. And it only took a couple of days. And she was it, like, it was less than 24 hours. She was like, OK, <laughs> I get it. I understand. Yeah. You know, so when God tells you that you're going to do something, it's a strong call. Well, and it was so different for you. How bold of you to be obedient to that? Because we were told to go back home, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, where we're from and Mm -hmm. our family's there. We have friends and Mm -hmm. whole network. Now, we left Louisiana and moved to North Carolina where we knew no one. I mean, Mm -hmm. he knew one guy at the dealership. Mm -hmm. But it's a tough thing to do. It's very... And And with kids. It was extremely out of character for us. Um, Everybody that we know in our lives, and we told them, God's calling us to Tennessee, and we're going to do it. They're like, you're crazy. Yeah. And it was just like, Ryan and Brittany leaving Washington? Like, this is this wild. But I mean, there were so many occurrences that we knew this is the path that God had laid out for us. And, you know, we had to let go and let God, and that led us to Tennessee. So you've made the decision at this point, you know, God, you've listened, you're being obedient. You said, okay, we're going to move to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. What happens at that point? So she was actually out of town 
moment God told me it's time to go. So I think you were. <laughs> that was Arizona. probably by design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, she comes back into town and I actually I honestly didn't know how to say, hey, God told me it's time to go. I don't know, maybe a week or so went on and I was kind of dropping hints and then, you know, pretty much just laid it out to her. But once I had decided that, you know, that I was going to be obedient, I went and told my boss <laughs> and we were timing it. He had just handed out Christmas bonuses is something we saw every year and I handed it back to him and not ashamed to say, <laughs> I just broke down crying. I, it's hard to really explain a situation that to people that haven't had it happen to themselves, but you know, I just explained that uh, kind of what our main motivations were. And, you know, of course, he, Casey was amazingly supportive right out of the gate. But he, I mean, he was as surprised really as I was. But he's like, okay, well, what's your plan? I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what my plan was. <laughs> One step at a time. Right. So he said, well, go ahead. We would go to Arizona for Christmas every year. So he said, go on your vacation, take the time, think about it, come up with a plan. And when you get back, just let me hear it. So yeah, we went on our trip to trip down to Arizona. I started thinking about, you know, what would I do when I got there? I didn't even know if I was going to end up in the same career, to be honest. I didn't know what we were going to do. So I started thinking about different careers or, you know, maybe I should go back in the shop. Maybe I should try to find a shop to operate down there. This was just a year ago, right? This was last. This, yeah. This was actually was, January yeah, yeah, this, of last this, year. So yeah. one year. Okay. Yeah. I, I came back to be honest, uh, other than logistics, I didn't have a real plan as far as what I was going to do when, when I got down there. Um, so, you know, I kind of told them what I was going to do as far as listing our house for sale, getting things ready to sell, you know, what I was going to do as far as transportation to move down there. But of course, when it came to, well, what's your livelihood going to be? I didn't have a good answer. So, you know, he basically said, well, what if we started an operation down there? I feel like that was, uh, especially because I was so blind to my actual path, spending all that time. I mean, that, that's all I thought about the whole time we were on vacation and down there in Arizona. And I feel like that, that was the, that was my prod that, that Hey, that's what we're going to do. So February comes along, I think it was. And we, uh, booked a flight. We rented a car. We drove all over Tennessee. We had a couple houses that we had, uh, you know, picked out to go look at. We go the house we ended up settling on. We go to look at it. I don't know how else to say it. It's a wreck. It needs a ton of work. It was built by a older couple. Um, it was the, kind of their retirement home, but they were up there in age. He had had some health issues. It needed a lot of repair. I've done a lot of construction in, in my time. So I built my own shop at my old place. Uh, we built our own house. Uh, you know, we've done all that stuff, but I was like, man, we, is this what we're going to move to? So we had first looked at the house and I was like, man, this is just too much work with trying to move, trying to start a shop. I mean, it's just going to be way too much work. So we went and looked at a couple more. This place was just in the back of our mind continuously. So finally we called up our agent and said, Hey, let's have the inspection done at least that way. We at least have something on paper as far as what, you know, we came all the way out there to look at it. Might as well. Property was really beautiful as well. Um, yeah. So we, while he's yeah. doing the inspection, we started really walking the property. It's 56 acres. So it takes some time to cover and the, the property is just breathtaking. The more we saw, the more it's like, this is where God wants us. So we had wandered all the way out to the back 40 of the property and then come <laughs> all the way back up to the house. And not long after we got back up to the house, the people that owned the house, they had uh, come back in town to grab a couple things because the house was still listed for sale, but they had already moved back to actually, they moved to Louisiana. <laughs> anyway, so they, uh, we immediately, uh, <laughs> you know, we were surprised that, that they showed yeah. up. They were surprised we were there. But we struck up a conversation, 
started exchanging tears and hugs and it was very emotional. I mean, we told him right out of the gate, we've been praying for God to show us what to do. And to me, that was him telling us this is it, you know, so. Our friends at RepairPal are making today's episode possible. Don't lose work to your competition. Today's consumers check pricing during all stages of the repair process, before, during, and after. Did you know that 81% of them do online price comparisons before making a purchase and customers that check your price after they've already authorized the work do so after calling the competition? But RepairPal, the largest auto repair network, has a solution. Their fair price estimator tool can be put on your website to help you build trust with consumers up front to demystify price, help educate consumers about what's involved in the repair, bring you higher web traffic, and prevent your customers from calling your competition. You have to be in it to win it, so head on over to RepairPal.com forward slash shops and set up a call to learn more about becoming RepairPal certified. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. That's RepairPal.com forward slash shops. So when you said that, just going back a little bit, when you said you were talking to Casey, Mm -hmm. he said to you, what if we started an operation there? Yeah. So with his involvement? Yes. So we ended up striking a deal on the house, basically just, you know, whatever it took to get it. That's what we did. So struck the deal on the house. I, we flew back to Washington, listed our house for sale, had some things that we were finishing up. So I'd taken a week off as well. But as soon as I got back to work, I told Casey what we had found, what we had done and all that. And he was completely on board. I think God kind of tests our faith from time to time. At that time, houses up there were selling very, very quickly, like within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And it took about two weeks, I think, for our house to sell. Granted, it was, what, February, March, you know, not prime selling season. But anyway, but yeah, it took a couple of weeks to sell, you know, really the... <laughs> I've never sold a house. I, you know, rented a house. We bought property. We built that house that was uh, on our property in Washington State. And this was the first time ever selling anything. It was a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) But again, I think God was preparing us for what was to come. After the deal was struck with the house, we met the people that were purchasing the house and they had a similar story. They were trying to move out of Portland out into the, into the country. So they come into Washington and, yeah, they were eager to start gardens and, you know, kind of do all the stuff you do in the country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, uh, after the house had sold, we basically came up with a plan. So we were going to send out some direct mail pieces to some shops to try down here to try to Tennessee to try to, uh, you know, find a location, find somebody that was looking to get out of the business, but, you know, looking for a running operation, up and running operation. So we moved down in April, it took several trips. It's a 2,500 mile move and, you know, we had a whole farm and everything. So it was, it took a few trips to get everything moved down, but got everything moved down. I think, and I also helped my mom move down there. They decided to follow us down. Uh, so my uh, mom followed us to Louise, who's in North Carolina. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. yeah so it, it took a few trips. I think we finally got done moving around June. There was some critical repairs that needed to be done on the house right away. Um, so I spent a um, couple months making those repairs, you know, fixing the roof, stuff like that. And started the house, putting new windows. So he's, they sent out a couple of those direct mail pieces and we really got very little if no response. But, you know, I talked to one gentleman that had just this huge monster operation that was basically a small independent dealer. You know, they had a body shop and did car rental and detail and all that, which I'm familiar with detail. We, you know, we had detail at Casey's, but 
I'm not a body guy. I don't understand that biz- that the business obviously dealing with insurance and stuff like that. So you got to know what you're doing with that stuff. So, so I'm interested in, in what you're talking about there with sending out the direct mail. So mm-hmm. instead of going like the business broker route, mm-hmm. y'all just started sending direct mail to shops in the area inquiring essentially yep. if they wanted to sell. Yep. We did that. Several of uh, members in, in our group that we were a part of have done that and had success with it. I was also doing MLS searches and and whatnot. And I had called a couple uh, agents and things that had stuff that was listed, but um, really, you know, we didn't have anything that just jumped out at us. Um, so of course I've been praying, you know, obviously you have moments of doubt. It's like, man, is this really what God wants for us? One day I was headed home. I was actually, I got a bunch of building supplies to make repairs on the house and I was coming home and uh, past the shop. And there was just, they had this little yellow sandwich board out front that said for sale on it, like hand painted in front of this, uh, 5,000 square foot shop. So I call the number that's on the shop sign. It was a dead number. Didn't go through to anything. I started searching on, online, like their Facebook page and whatnot. Uh, finally drum up an old Facebook page that had the owner's personal phone number on it. So I call him up. He was saying that, uh, it was, it was, I spoke to the son. It was a father and son that owned the business to begin with. Um, AJ was the, the son. I spoke to him and, he said, yeah, we, uh, I got sick, so we're closing up the shop. And, uh, you know, anytime you want to meet me to, to look at it, we come on by. So we set up an appointment with them. Brittany came with me just to, you know, kind of be a second set of eyes and hey, are we making the right decision mm-hmm. here? So, um, we went and, and looked at it and, uh, kind of st- started talking to AJ and right away I knew that I wanted to work for us for sure. I got this feeling that this was God's path. He had bought the shop five years prior, kind of made all the mistakes that you make as a shop owner getting started and whatnot. But he had great intentions. He had a good reputation, but it was just a str- another struggling shop business like we see a lot. Mm-hmm. So when he had gotten sick, they were down to just him in the shop. His dad was at the front office and him being sick, put the shop under, you know, at that point mm-hmm. there was nothing, they, they couldn't fix any vehicles. Yeah. They had a bunch that they had to get towed out to other surrounding shops, a bunch of vehicles they had to get towed out, but you know, they didn't really have any other choice. They didn't have the, biz- the business built to where they could step away from it at all. Yeah. So, um, so how long was that shop? Was their shop shut down before you took it over? So I think they were actually, I think they had actually shut the doors maybe three or four weeks prior to them listing the building for sale. Um, so it wasn't long when margins are that thin, you can't go that long without, you know, without income. So, but again, I I mean, I I knew right away, uh, and he even, you know, AJ even said it later that he knew God put our, put our paths together. And that's just one of those things that reinforces it. Um, cause I didn't know at the time if he was, if he had faith or not, you know, in in the Lord, but but yeah, it's just been, it's really been a blessing. Sometimes, sometimes God makes you labor for it. So there's been plenty of hard work, you know, mm-hmm. finding equipment was very difficult. Um, contractors, I mean, getting contractors to show up, as everyone knows, is very difficult these days. We had to wire the shop ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I had some construction background and uh, was able to to navigate all that stuff. But wired the shop for lifts ourselves, re-ran airline. We moved a compressor room because we were added on two more bay doors on the back of the building. So it's six full bays. But a lot of it was blood, sweat, tears, literal blood, sweat, tears. So, <laughs> You know, as difficult as it sounds like it was, at the same time, it sounds like doors were just kind of flying open for you. They were. Oh, yeah. Like I mentioned to Kim, it was almost like someone just took the wheel. And it, as far as, uh, you know, there was some uh, frustrating times, but as far as like, you know, our house selling logistics and everything working out, I searched for months trying to find a, an enclosed trailer. I mean, because at that time, uh, renting a truck 
moving truck to mm-hmm. move that far was like $10,000 alone. You know, we looked at freight companies moving mm-hmm. stuff out there and a trailer was the only way to go yeah. really that made financial sense. So, but one just happened to kind of land in our lap and a lot of the pieces just fell in place. And I'm not saying it was easy. This last year has been probably the most labor intensive year of mm-hmm. my life, <laughs> but, but it's been a great blessing. I mean, I remember when we moved out here. So I've traveled across the Midwest a lot. I've covered a lot of the area of the country just traveling as a kid or, you know, in the meantime, like I said, I've lived in Arizona for a while, but. I remember we were going across I-80 and the winds were so bad that there was overturned trucks and trailers for two states. Like basically as soon as you left Cheyenne all the way across Nebraska down into, uh, it, there were just overturned trucks and RV trailers. And I was praying to God the whole time to, to, yeah, to you have keep a trailer my, behind you. I had a 32 foot enclosed trailer. <laughs> oh, so, gosh. but he kept us upright. We made it. And <laughs> the steps kind of laid out for you, right? As you were going through the process, mm-hmm. but you also got confirmation all throughout the process. And you had, it sounds like you had a great support system in Casey back at home. So once you got to Tennessee, tell us about connecting with your community, right? Cause you, here you are. Mm-hmm. outsiders in mm-hmm. the country in Tennessee, mm-hmm. probably a good old boys network, but probably very tight knit community. And you're opening a business and need these people to come be your customers. So how do you do that? So AJ was key in that just because he had already, so AJ was actually from Illinois, but he had a lot of family there when he mm-hmm. moved down six years prior. But, you know, he'd already worked to build a lot of those relationships. Everyone knew who he was. Again, he had a great relationship. Yeah. I don't think we could have done it without AJ, to be honest. And if we did, we'd be, yeah. we wouldn't be here at this convention under that much because I, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to step away from the shop. But I think that was definitely key. Of course, we, I mean, joined a church there, made a lot of good connections with people mm-hmm. there that way too. Yeah. I mean, we, we made that decision before we moved down there that we would, we would need to be active in the community. We'd have right. to be part of it. Um, so yeah, it was. And AJ was the son. AJ AJ's was the son. the son. Yep. Okay. He was mostly, you know, prior to that, he had worked mostly in the shop and to things, you know, as a foreman and a technician. Um, so he didn't have a firm grasp on a lot of the office side of things, a mm-hmm. lot of the business operation side of things. When I first started talking to him, I knew I didn't want to put him back in the shop with his health stuff he had going on. He, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he couldn't be out there busting wrenches every day. We actually went and sat down with him before we, before we put the offer on the building and said, Hey, this is our vision. Does this sound, yeah, are you in exactly? I could tell there was a little bit of hesitation, but he had told us that him and his wife had actually talked about that and thought that that would be maybe a good opportunity for him. He ended up calling me back a day or two later and said, let's do it. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, (laughs) a lot of unexpected things that happened along the way, but again, we're very blessed. We're happy to be where we're at for sure. So this has been a relatively short time now and you know, you were a technician, uh, sounds like you did some kind of acted as a shop manager at the same time. What has the transition been like from that to now, you know, being a, a shop owner? I mean, we're here, obviously, at, as we're recording this, we're at the Institute's The Summit. Mm-hmm. You know, you're obviously involved in coaching and everything. Like, what, what has the transition been like and how's the shop doing? So as far as transitioning the difference from management to ownership, I feel like, I mean, I always treated Casey's shop like as if it was my own. And I've always been the kind of guy, I mean, I'm sure there's much better managers than me, uh, but I've always been the guy that leads by example. I'm, you know, I'm not going to ask someone to do something I'm not willing to do myself. So really it doesn't feel any different. You know, this location, it's a lot smaller location than Casey's shop. But yeah, as as far as just my attitude and, you know, kind of how I handle things and 
how the leadership role plays out, I, I think it's pretty much the same. I've had a lot of great coaching, though, uh, with the Bottom Line Impact Group and things over the years, which is now at the Institute. You know, so I got to credit that a lot for the skills and, and things that I've acquired over the years as far as that's concerned. As far so the shop, we closed on the building on October 7th. We actually opened for business because we had to install lifts. There was no lifts in the shop. We had to install those ourselves. Mainly started as a big truck shop, but he ended up doing a lot of light duty diesel. That's what we were specializing in. But anyway, so we installed lifts. I think it was about mid second week in November where we started taking in customers mm-hmm. and uh, working through things. And really it's gone very well. There's been challenges, you know, trying to find staff and we're still working on that, of course, and never stop working on that. But it's been a blessing. I feel like things are still being laid out, running, starting a, or, Turning on, on a running operation, if we were to just to get a running operation, mm-hmm. probably would have been easier. But I really think that I appreciate things a lot more with uh, yeah. with starting from nothing, really. <laughs> so The topic of the podcast is auto repair. But I think at the same time, we're, we're listening to this story. Like you didn't move from Washington to Tennessee because you wanted to open an auto repair shop. You moved here because you wanted a better quality of life for your family. That's you moved right. here because you felt like God was calling you to Tennessee. So I'd love to hear from Brittany on this too. Mm-hmm. Like, what has that been like? What's it been like for your family? You're living on this 56 acre farm now. You know, it's a, a dream of a lot of people to do something like that. So what's that been like? So I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. And so I was a city girl. Um, and so when Brian moved me up to Washington. It was definitely a culture shock. Uh, we only had five acres up there, but I adapted really quickly. I don't think I could ever go back to living in a city again. And so moving to Tennessee, it is much more remote out there. I love Tennessee. I love our church. Um, we are the only uh, members who aren't blood related, um, <laughs> but they, they took us in. It really has been, I mean, my life just changed in 2018 after my accident. And so I feel like that's where my spiritual journey really started. And I felt, you know, so many pieces lined up to prepare us for where we are now. And I look at everything that has happened as I know this is what, you know, God wanted for our family. Um, it was definitely scary, you know, moving our family across country, not knowing anybody. And at that time, we didn't know that his, that my mother-in-law was going to be joining. So it is a little bit, it's scary not having a support system, um, especially in my condition, because I am a little bit uh, physically limited. But I know that this is the exact journey that God had for our family. That's so good. Yeah. So really, I'm asking a very similar question. We were both on the same wavelength there. So bringing it back full circle, did you find a school that you love for your kids? Or yeah. Oh yeah. So bef- you know, when we put an offer in in the house, of course, my first, my son was so excited to go back to public school, but I had to make sure that it was aligned with what we wanted uh, for our family, and so I called and the principal answered the phone. That's how small <laughs> this community is. And so I just asked her every question that a concerned mother would ask. And she answered it truthfully. And it seemed like it was a perfect fit. Again, another piece of the puzzle that I know that God wanted us to be here. You know, after being there within the first month, I knew like this was exactly where we were meant, where we were supposed to be. Um, the teachers are amazing. The passion is just unmatched. I know that there's passionate teachers all across the country, but I just, I am blown away by how passionate these teachers are. And it really is amazing. And even the children, you know, my son was in public school before I was homeschooling him. And he told me, there's no bullies at this school, mom. Uh, and the classes are so small. And you can just tell, I, you know, I, I'm pretty involved in the school. I volunteer there. And so I've gotten to know some of the students 
and formed relationships with some of the other parents. And it just seems like so many people in the community have the same values as us. And um, our church really just took us in and they're pretty active in the community. They have a lot of events. And so we have met some truly amazing families. And what's even more amazing is some of the teachers go to the church events. And so it's just, it's just reassurance that it's a small community. It's extremely small. So we live in Aller and that the population is less than a thousand people, but it really is undeniable that this is a path that God had laid out for us. So what's the future look like for the Hemrys and for independent auto? Obviously we want to grow and expand the business, of course. We're hoping to do an expansion maybe next year that will open up two more bays in the shop if everything goes well. I'd like to open up another location or two maybe within the next year or two. You know, just matter of finding the right people, putting the right mm-hmm. policies in place and whatnot. We, uh, as far as the family, we, I got cattle. We actually just had our first calf <laughs> born on Friday Aww, on the farm. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, just getting my family involved in the way I was brought up and, you know, kind of getting back to our roots and. And really getting involved in the community, um, you know, just there's different marketing techniques out there, but in our specific town, personable, you know, personable events are going to go really far. So we're going to do the parades um, because they have quite a few parades (laughs) (laughs) uh, in our town. Uh, So we'll be doing and involved in all those and really just becoming involved in the community. Love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. And you, you mentioned like kind of some of the things that you see to, for confirming, I know it's kind of one of the silly things, the school I went to and my dad went to, my grandpa, great grandpa was uh, the center of wildcats. And their colors are blue and white. We, in all the research we did with the schools before we moved to Tennessee, somehow this sl- slipped our, <laughs> we didn't key in on this, but we took my kids to the school to, to get registered. Their colors are blue and white and their mascots, the, the Wildcats. <laughs> it just, my son was really stressing about the move and, you know, new school and, and even walking into the gym, it felt like the same gym that I had yeah. grown up in, you know, smelled the same, looked the same. I mean, it was a really small school. Uh, so it's it just one of those other things. It's a little thing, but it, it, it's oh, just really? one of those things that sets oh, your heart. I call them God winks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. not silly at all. So we just bought eight and a half acres and have moved out there. And it's literally directly across the interstate from where I grew up. The address, the number is exactly the same. 11168. So I grew up on Soap Road and this is 11168 General Lot right across. And so I took that as... Yeah. Same Absolutely. It's where we were supposed to be. So. Yeah. Well, thank y'all for spending some time with us today. We've really enjoyed it, getting to hear your story. Thank you. Uh, I know there's going to be some valuable takeaways for people who are listening to be inspired uh, by your story. I hope so. <laughs> so we, we really appreciate it. And uh, we are just one of a few podcasts on the Aftermarket Radio Network. So you can find the other podcasts at aftermarketradionetwork.com. We would encourage you to go listen to those. We hope that you tune in again next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.